It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Uh, good morning, everyone. Another uh, edition of Off The Leash. I'm here with uh, GRV's own uh, Molly Haynes. Uh, Molly Shaw, sorry. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, George. Now, you had a nice uh, nice winner during last week. True Detective, a little middle distance, possibly staying star on your hands. Very good TV show, Molly. You, if you haven't seen it yet, you better... <laughs> no. Is it before my time? I feel like Absolutely it could be. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's only a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> love throwing that old joke in. But uh, no, uh, yeah, no, he went very, very well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it up to Angela and Jeff where they head with him, but um, yeah, he's going nicely. But it was a couple of big races uh, during the week, including the Bendigo Cup, and uh, it was a terrific win by Crimson Vixen. Oh, that it was. And look, we're going to listen to the audio of Norm McCullough. He's the winning trainer of Crimson Vixen from Friday night. Bendigo Cup winning trainer, Norm McCullough. Norm, did you expect a Bendigo Cup win from this little girl? No, I didn't. I was sort of... Lucky, I thought we'd lucky might win a maiden at Warrnambool, but she's uh, really excelled. Uh, she's been a terrific to the owners. Uh, very good. Now, she was super impressive in her heat win last week. Did you have a fairly high expectation heading into the Cup tonight? Well, I thought if she began, she'd be hard to beat, but a very good field, and um, you know, there was a lot of pace on the outside of her, and like she boxed on very well. She didn't begin as well as she usually does, but anyway, she got away with it, which is the main thing. Now, you've, you've got a history of some pretty good dogs in your care, but I heard you say to James Vandermar after the race that this has got to be one of one of the best wins you've had. Can you talk me through that statement? Because it's a pretty big one. Well, it's got to be at 18 owners from Tim Bernard, and you're always under a bit of pressure when you're training for uh, people, and it, it was just nice to win for them. It was their first dog, and I'm very pleased for their sake they got away with it. So, so the monkey's off our back now. <laughs> now, does winning group races still feel as good as what it used to, Norm? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still enjoy to win a maiden race, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any race you win's good. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Now, I enjoyed every second of talking to Norm on Friday night at Bendigo, but what just really struck me about the conversation was the fact he had this as a career highlight for him. Now, he, he trained the immortal Bold Therese four, four consecutive Sandown Cups. A thing that will never be repeated in the history <laughs> of the sport. Um, oh, look, that, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was surprised to hear him say that he was surprised yeah. that she was going to win. I mean, I think everyone in the grand industry tipped her on top. I mean, her her dominant heat victory, Amol, as you know, was, was, was outstanding. And um, it was a victory... For the ladies, finishing yeah. one, two, and three. Exactly. And look, he, Norm, um, or Crimson Viction, I should say, really did it for her 18 owners, all from the Warnable area. They all travelled up. There were two huge tables full, and everyone was cheering. I think no matter who you were going for, when Crimson Vixen crossed the line, I think everyone was having a good, good old cheer. One of the great things about grain racing, sharing winners with friends. Exactly. Um, and uh, they've been able to do that at a very, very high level. And, and look, we, we discussed. It was a fresh-looking Bendigo yeah. Cup because there wasn't many greyhounds who had previously made country cups. I think mm-hmm. it was only two, Crimson Vixen being one of them. She was defeated by Dinah Paddy and Orson Allen in a Warnable Cup where she ran third. I mean, if that's not an initiation to win a race like this, I'm not sure what was. And she was really put under the hammer um, yeah. during the race, so it was a really gutsy win. 
I really also I also really liked the run of time to talk. She didn't get her own way and ran on to to come second and zipping sassy overcame plenty of traffic to to finish third. So look, I think there's plenty of interesting things ahead with this litter. Yeah, look, uh, with we, this um, field. Yeah, look, I mean, we spoke to Angela uh, Galea last week, didn't we? And yeah. uh, she would have been wrapped with time to talk's run. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Zipping sassy is an interesting one. Of course, she's a sister um, to some very very good greyhounds, uh, including Zipping Bailey, who yeah. took out the Golden East. I know uh, Connections paid a lot of money for her, so there's a little bit of um, a return uh, on investment for Zipping Sassy, who obviously in the breeding bar is going to be uh, well uh, patronised, that's now, for sure. Do you think the maturity is next for these three three girls? Yeah, you'd, you'd think. Um, yeah, look, Time the Talks already had uh, form in the city. Uh, Crimson Vixen has two, of course, making the Sapphire Crown, so uh, you'd think they'd both uh, be in contention. Only a two-week series this year too, yeah. so something a little bit different. Absolutely, and now... Heading into state, the Brisbane Cup. Now, Sinachi, new track record holder. I saw a uh, quite a funny photo on Mapunga Blazer's Facebook I gonna, page. I was just going to mention that. Yeah, now, great. Mapunga Blazer was the previous Brisbane track record holder. He broke that last year. Um, now, there was a photo put up of Mapunga Blazer sulking after yep. finding out, after I'm assuming Jeff told him his track record no longer exists. Threw the toys out of the cot, yeah. did, did Blazer. <laughs> he corrected, apparently. So, look, Sinachi, it was a huge, huge win. 29-38, the new Brisbane track record holder. I don't think Mapunga Blazer's cracking it too much. He's got a pretty good <laughs> life at the minute, old uh, Blazer. But, yeah, look, Sinachi, you can't ask for much more than winning a Group 1 race and breaking a track record yep. at the same time. I think it solidifies what will be a popular stud career for him. I yep. mean, I know, I know I'm thinking ahead. He's still only a young greyhound, but that run uh, in, will be in the back of people's minds. It was an, an incredible effort. Again, um, hats off uh, to Black Opium. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, she's, I know she's, a lot of people say, oh, gee, how unlucky she's run second. I, I don't see it that no. way at all. I think she's been unbelievable. She's uh, accumulating a very, very good uh, prize money level and she chased her guts out. Yeah. There's no doubt about that in second agree. position. And uh, even the young greyhound for, for Dennis Barnes in, in third for a young greyhound to, to finish where she did. But, yeah, look, Sinachi, he really should have won all three big... Um, yeah, look, I think he was in with a in a, with a good chance. And now Steve White um, spoke to Jared Guthrie during the well, after his win and he said that he just wasn't sure what it was about Brisbane, but he's thinking racehorses go up to um, during the winter months over yeah. here, go up to Brisbane for the warmer weather. Maybe that's what helped him excel. But one point that I really, really liked in the story that Jared put together is the fact that um, Steve actually flew up a greyhound chi- or a dog chiropractor twice to yeah. Brisbane to make sure that Sinachi was A-OK because he was a little bit concerned heading into the series after a, a pretty messy run in the Flying Amy, I believe. Yeah, did hear that interview where he said he pulled up pretty sore and sorry after that Flying Amy. Um, so you do whatever it takes, I suppose, as a trainer to, to get the best out of your greyhound and Sinachi certainly did that. And look, he's clearly going to be one of the dangers, uh, well, one of the leading fancies in the maturity, which kicks off uh, in 10 days' time on July 20. Absolutely. Now, moving on just quickly, the code of practice. Now, it's a, a pretty big thing hitting um, that's about to hit the Victorian greyhound racing industry come January 1 next year. But just a quick mention, there's going to be code of practice information and workshop sessions. Now, the idea behind 
behind these is the um, Establishment Health Management Plan. Now, these are a pretty big document full of, I think it's about 13 protocols um, that Greyhound participants or trainers have to fill out. So the idea about these sessions is that you're going to come in, you're going to listen to the information session, and you're going to fill out your um, uh, Establishment Health Management Plan then and there. So you dedicate three hours and it's going to be done because this is such an important part of us moving forward. I know no one wants to do admin. It's probably my least favourite thing, but this is essential. So have a che- have a look on the um, the GRV website. There's going to be um, the dates released for each of the clubs who are going to be hosting these days. So I do encourage everyone to get along because this is so important. Yeah, it's going to be a big peace of mind thing for, for a lot of people in the industry. So um, hopefully it, it, this is a, a fantastic initiative to get these sessions and workshops out there. Absolutely. Now back into the racing side of things. Tomorrow night at Sandown Park is the Group 2 McKenna Memorial over the middle distance, 40,000 to the winner. And look, I don't think there's any surprise that Neo Cleo, who's drawn box number one for Robbie Britton, is the $2.80 favourite. Yeah, she was awesome again. She's had a terrific uh, three to five months, hasn't she? Uh, Neo Cleo been outstanding. She's drawn box one, but she'll have some competition. I thought Dinah Chance's run was outstanding. Yeah. He got led and then came again and was a, a terrific victory. Of course, the youngster Midnight Dare, who uh, finished behind Neo Cleo. She only had the nine starts. It's a very young to get into a, a group race. She's got a huge future and uh, apex within for Rod Clark, who we mentioned last week's had a, an amazing year. Yeah. Uh, Rod to apex within was, was fantastic. Broke 34 seconds. And he was the fastest qualifier. He's drawn box eight, so yeah. It's, I'd uh, say that's probably why he's um he's around the eleven dollar mark. Like I know, uh, in my eyes, he's not a not a neo Cleo, but obviously Rod Clark has a, a big opinion of this dog and. Um, it's strange to see the fastest qualifier, the only dog to bro- have broken 34 seconds in the heats, um, to be sitting at $11. But it, it, it's it hard is. not to be when you've got Neo Cleo from box one. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, look, he's been a terrific greyhound. I think the 600 suits him perfectly. I think one positive is go seek Heidi drawing on his inside. will be looking towards the fence yeah. uh, as uh, as she does. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a very, very good race. $40,000 to the winner. Yes, and that's on Thursday night. But heading to coursing, this is one of my, my favourite parts of greyhound racing the ground roots of greyhound racing and the sylvester doyle puppy championship was run it's a two-week series it was run on sunday and won by a greyhound named barracuda foz now we have brian fothergill on the phone shortly to talk all about this win but there is plenty of buzz about this greyhound george yeah, there is. Uh, apparently, uh, doesn't go around the circle tracks uh, yeah. at all, but uh, absolutely loves the coursing, and it just goes to show that there's uh, there's a race for every greyhound, and uh, he seems to have done very, very well. Exactly, and and look, I did make the comparison during the week to Brian that um, we could possibly have. Another better than this on our hands. Now, better than this has won two Waterloo Cups. Wow. Didn't go on the circle, much like Barracuda Foz. But, um, look, Brian laughed it off a little bit. I think, though, now after um, the impressive performance of Barracuda Foz in the Sylvester Doyle Puppy Championship, um, I think he could be a little bit more confident. Yeah, look, this is uh, it's going to be very, very interesting now. Uh, once they start winning races like this, Barracuda Foz, uh, I believe there's a, a couple of others that Brian has that are, are being set for the coursing as well. So he's going to be in for a nice little season. Now joining us this morning on Off the Leash is Brian Fothergill, trainer of the exciting coursing greyhound Barracuda, Barracuda Foz. Good morning, Brian. Hey, good morning, Molly. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Now... 
I, I believe, well, I don't believe you've told me that you're a huge fan of Off The Leash. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Our number one fan of this program. What is it about this show? Is it George that you just love so much? Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's you. <laughs> yes, look, so apparently you can re- recognise, my, <laughs> recognise my laugh from a mile away. But look, oh. Brian, before, before we get into the inner workings of Barracuda Foz, can you tell me what it is about coursing that's kept you, you coming back all, all this time? Because I do believe it's a, a pretty long journey for you to actually get to any of these coursing tracks. Yeah, well, Ling Ling's um, the service for us. But um, we've been doing it since the mid-80s. And um, it's just puts the dogs back. You know, like, they love it, switches them on, and um, it just toughens them up. And but those two I got, um, they weren't chasing, um, like I said last time, real good. And um, as soon as I put them beyond the drag, it just you know, turned them on. So, yeah, and it's a good family day yet, too, for the kids. Well, my kids are growing up now, but uh, for a family, so yeah. Yeah, we, we hear that, Brian, that uh, it's it's certainly good for the kids. Uh, good morning, mate. George Ferrugi here. Barracuda Foz, uh, obviously the uh, Sylvester Dore Puppy Championship winner for this year. Can you uh, take uh, talk us through how he went in the two-week series at Lang Lang? Yep. Uh, how are you anyway, George? Um, yeah, uh, the first day um, he went down there and uh, he, he went down with a dog and he uh, run 16.35, which is only a length or so off the record, and, um, which is a yeah, hot run. And um, in the second run, he didn't have it really his own way. Um, he's up against one of John Westerlow's pups, uh, Ultimate Bling, which is a week before he went 30.08 at the Meadows. And um, yeah, Johnny's dog had the red and I had the, uh, the outside. And um, yeah, they all, Johnny's dog was trying to get off. Uh, about halfway up to the halfway mark, and um, yeah, Cooter got it back about a length, length and a half, and I thought, oh, it's all over now. Anyway, yeah, Barracuda, he, he just fought back and bet Johnny's by about a length in um, 16.40, which is a pretty good effort. I don't know how good John's dog is. And, um, yeah, the third run was, um, that was a telling point. He, um, he bet the dog by about eight lengths, and... 1636. So to be within a length of um, the whole three times is you know, pretty special. It's it's very rare as well, isn't it, Brian, to have a dog that ha- is able to have three runs in in a day and still be able to stay within that one length time. Oh, exactly. Especially being a pup, like that's what Peter Craig said. He hadn't seen a pup in a long time do that sort of stuff. No, it must make yeah. you very excited. But look, in the final yeah. on Sunday, he came up against his litter brother in Barramundi Foz. Now, am I right in guessing that you may be a bit of a fisherman or a fish enthusiast, judging by the Barracuda and Barramundi names? Yeah, well, actually, that's um, <clears throat> my son James. Um, he's autistic and he's got his ways and he, he just loves his fishing. And he said, Dad, can we have a couple of dogs after the fish? I said, yeah, okay. We've had a couple. We've had uh, red fin foz and catfish foz, and <laughs> he just loves it. So, yeah, that's what it's about. All right, I know, um, obviously, uh, uh, Barracuda um, defeated Barramundi, but is there much between them? Uh, there's always been about three, three and a half lengths, George, but with uh, Barracuda, he's very, he's, he's more mature, like, where Barramundi's still like a big pup at the minute, but, yeah, that's about it with him too, but... Who knows? It should be a bit more improving in Barramundi, I reckon, with a bit of time. 
Now, you said um, following Barramundi, uh, Barracuda's um, run in the Sylvester Doyle that he won by, by around that three-length mark. So you're obviously you're on the money when it comes to the difference between these two dogs. But I did speak to you ahead of the Sylvester Doyle Puppy Championship and you told me you did have a very high opinion of Barracuda Foz. And I did, like I mentioned earlier in the show, made a, a rather large leap at comparing him to coursing champion better than this. He's obviously the back-to-back Waterloo Cup winner. Why do you have such a high opinion of Barracuda Foz? And do you want to talk me around the reason why he's he's not too interested in possibly going around the circle track? Yeah, well, um, well for starters, um, better than this, he's done it already, but I've got to do it. But um, yeah, with Barracuda, like after his final run on the first week, like to go within a length of you know the record, and he done it three times. It tells me he's something special, and um. Yeah, like, he doesn't really like the um, trolley, so around the circle. Like, I put him around a couple of times, and there's eggs up at the back, and just weren't really interested. So that's why I, that's when I went back to the uh, drag lure. And you, they really go beyond the drag lure, so that's good. Uh, would the Benella Derby be uh, next up for these guys, uh, mate? Yeah, definitely, George. Uh, I love Benella. Like, it's a big, thick uh, cooch grass on that track, and... Um, you know, it suits the real strong dogs. And, um, yeah, the only difference is it's going to be um, six courses in the two days. So it's going to be a pretty strong, tough dog. Absolutely. Now, you, you told me during the week as well that Barracuda um, is one of two greyhounds who have broken, is it 16 seconds at Benella? Yeah, well, Gary Thomas, the bookmaker, he... Um, he came up to me uh, after his first course and he, he actually went 16.01 and he said, Ryan, there's only been two... Uh, he, he actually said one dog start, which is bare left, has broken 16. He said, after the next course, we'll, I'll come and see you. And um, he come and see me and he, he said, he didn't break it, he smashed it. He went um, 15.72. And, um, well, this is... Well, Gaza actually hand times it, but it's within a length of so you know, time, but... Yeah, Gary is really impressed with that. So, yeah, Barracuda and um, Fearless, the only thought actually broke the 16 here, he said. So, yeah, it's good. Now, Brian, I believe there's an interesting story about how you got these greyhounds. Can you run that, run us through that? Yeah, um, oh, up our way, Jimmy Old, we call him the master. Um, <laughs> he rang me up one day and he knows I love his course and he rang me up and said, um, he had a pup there that was um, Barramundi Foz and I wasn't chasing. He asked if I was interested in um, giving him a go, taking him, you know, to the course. And he reckoned he might go all right. And I jumped at it. I grabbed him. And um, two weeks later, he rang up again. He said he's got his little brother because he, um, and he said, really, I need a couple months in the run to, you know, get in the skull, see what happens. And the owners weren't prepared for that. So they just told him to move it on. And I've got that one too. So, yeah, I put him in the run for six months. And, Falling out, and the rest is history. Actually, feeling so, yeah. Now I can see the headlines. Um, in case of a, a Waterloo Cup winner, it's giveaway turns into Waterloo Cup winner, or something along those lines. So there's definitely something for me to play with when it comes to Waterloo Cup time. Now, talking of the Cup, the richest coursing meeting in the in Australia. Are you thinking of heading this direction with Barracuda and Barramundi? Yeah, I'll definitely give it a go, but I'm not real confident yet. But, well, I've got a month for muck around with him in between the last meeting at Lang Lang and the Waterloo at Longwood. Um, yeah, I like to give it a go because I want to get one better up on the water Jess, but she got 
runner-up there was Suave Odessa there a few years ago, so <laughs> a bit of a family thing, that. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, Brian. Well, it's yeah. real. It's it's been awesome having you on, mate. Uh, obviously, coursing is something that uh, is very close to a lot of people's hearts uh, in this industry. It's not just uh, around the circle, and uh, you're having a lot of success with these two young boys. We wish you all the best uh, in the future with Barracuda and Barramundi, mate, and uh, have a good uh, rest of the year with them. Yeah, thanks, George. I was a bit nervous on this program, but I think I got through it. But anyway, all good. They we're did very a good job. yeah, we're very happy to have you on. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Yeah, the Watchdog uh, Form Service. Uh, we picked uh, a few winners on Bendigo Cup. No, did you go out to Bendigo Cup? You did. You interviewed Norm I did. Norm I McCullough, interviewed Norm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so got five out of the ten winners, which was uh, outstanding. And uh, as always, to get the best Greyhound form and expert selections, uh, you've got to download the Watchdog, Watchdog app, which now has a click-to-bet function, which uh, leads you straight to the tab. It sure does. And what a segue into one of our favourite segments, the tab best bets. Now, in the winners are grinners segment, we have 21,000 and put on at $2.70 on Percy's Diva at sale. There was $10,000 and at $1.95 on Kinlock Moss at Bendigo. Now with David Gill, yes. Yes, Noticed that. Yeah, very talented true. Talented greyhound. And $10,000 at $1.55 on She's Gifted. Now, She's Gifted is, um, has fallen into the Best Bet segment a couple of times now, so there's obviously a punter very, very willing to follow this greyhound around. Had a bit of a stint in at Angle Park um, in the lead-up to this and then uh, was too good for them. Better luck next time, $10,000 at $2.70 on Xanthry Allen at Ballarat uh, who ran second that was last week there was a lot of scratchings in that race Um, and Xanthry Allen ended up uh, finishing favourite so unlucky there in the round of applause $200 uh, oh, I reckon I've got that wrong. Two hundred dollars. It's a dollar thirty-five. No, that's what I was going to say. Two hundred dollars <laughs> on Crack and Bow at Heelsville. I think it might have been uh, thirteen dollars fifty. I've, think, I've got Greyhound. a feeling. Yeah. Look, um, <laughs> my, my briefs can sometimes get a bit wayward because they wouldn't be high five and two hundred dollar thirty-five. Sounds like a tennis match, doesn't it? Always remember to uh, gamble responsibly, as always. Now, our litter of the week. I've found another Fernando Bale litter. Fernando Bale, Narralee. Now, Narralee is, of course, the Group 1 Sapphire Crown winner from 2016. She had 10 pups, 2 males and 8 females. These were born in May, but this is actually her third litter, George. Yeah, she's uh, she's had a few. Of course, that great night uh, winning in the Sapphire Crown uh, at uh, fairly big odds. I believe there was a couple of outsiders that day in a couple of the big Group 1 races uh, for Steve Creighton. And uh, that was back in 2016. She was up against a greyhound called Folio Bale, who, if memory serves me correctly, going into that race was absolutely on fire. So uh, she has had uh, three litters. Her first was to Buck Fever. There's uh, two named and racing, uh, Bush Song and Never Rest. And uh, she's got a, a litter by the number one sire in the country, Barcia Bale, at 16 months old. So really interesting to see how they go. Look, I feel like I'm just doing your draft job for you, to tell you the truth, George. I feel like any time these, these litters come up, it's just I see you write it down on the side well, and you, um, yeah. asking for their details to see if you can ring them up and um, buy yourself a pup for the You're draft. getting involved a bit late. I'm nearly done for this year already. <laughs> Love buying pups. It's good fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, the Gap Dog of the Week, I've found a fawn greyhound by the name of Charlie. He's four years old and he raced under the name Charlie Shoeshine. 
He had 83 starts for 13 wins and 19 minor placings. The Gap Girls tell me that he just loves meeting new people and sometimes he even jumps up for cuddles. He gets so excited, which is why they are encouraging no elderly owners, just in case he does jump up and knock them over. I think he's about a 32, 33 kilo dog, so that would certainly put you on your bum if he jumped up when you weren't expecting it. Um, But they do think he's best in a home with teenage children who would really enjoy his playful nature and they do suggest that he is the only dog. So that's our Gap Dog of the Week, Charlie. Want to hear Off The Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.